I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This comes a little late for Christmas. But how about a way for Major League Baseball to solve its economic imbalance by simply waiting? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. No, there's been... No progress, no breakthrough, nothing of the kind as it relates to the ongoing lockout and all related labor disputes. But there is a way, there is a way for Major League Baseball to attain reasonable economic balance by simply waiting on one particular revenue stream to totally dry up. That, of course, is cable TV. Now, in case you haven't heard, cable TV is struggling just a little bit. People are engaged in what's commonly known now as cord cutting all over creation. Tired of the high bills, tired of being charged for channels that they don't watch, tired of the impeccable customer service one comes to expect from an industry that tells you we'll be there sometime between Monday and Thursday and you just sit there and answer the door whenever we get there. There's all kinds of options that are available to viewers and in fact a lot of viewers most of them younger as tends to be the case whenever you have any kind of dramatic change have abandoned cable in favor of ESPN Plus, NBC Plus, etc., etc., because they either like the lower bills, bills are lower, or they like the greater flexibility in being able to watch programs on their digital devices and everything else. And the impact that'll have on sports in general, well, it's monstrous. If you think about it, just look at AT AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, which of course holds the cable TV rights to both the Pirates and the Penguins in our city. These guys pay probably, although these figures have never become public, in the range of $100 million a year split between the two teams for the rights to show these programs. And these are big deals for these companies. They're big deals for cable in general because one of the things that programmers now love is live anything, whether it's sports, entertainment, some kind of contest, 
where it really can't be viewed efficiently on demand. Sure, if you really, really try, you can hold off to find out the score of the Pirates game when you get home from work and put the game on and pretend you're watching it in a vacuum, turn off all your social media and whatever else. It's not the same. It's not the same. They know that. Live programming is good for cable TV, but streaming has come along and rendered even that angle moot because you can, of course, stream live. Now think about what happens when all or even most of that money moves into streaming specifically as it relates to Major League Baseball. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. I'll make this part simple. When streaming takes over, Major League Baseball takes over, you know who holds the rights? To all streaming involving all 30 teams and all events surrounding Major League Baseball? Yeah, that's right, Major League Baseball. It's got an arm. It's got a name. Major League Baseball Advanced Media. They govern everything related to the Internet. And that, of course, includes streaming. Now, that doesn't mean the cable companies would go down without a fight. If you think about it, it is a little bit weird that Major League Baseball and their advanced media arm hold the rights to sending out streaming feeds of content that's being produced by cable companies. And really, if you've ever had an MLB TV package, you know what I'm talking about. You're not turning on some original thing. You're turning on the home team's feed or the visiting team's feed. Those are produced by cable companies. We're already starting to see the makings of the battle that will form in Los Angeles. The place where the Dodgers have benefited like no one else in the history of sports from a 25-year, $8.3 billion contract with their local cable TV outfit. Well, that outfit is starting to get a little leery about everything. And they sued Major League Baseball because they don't want to give them their programming anymore. Major League Baseball, of course, countersued, saying, hey, you have to do that. It says so uh, right here. These will play out everywhere. Take it to the bank. It's going to play out in Pittsburgh, too. I have no doubts about this. And when it does, it's going to get a lot of headlines. It's not going to be pretty. But ultimately, one way or another, 
more and more of this is headed towards streaming, and there is no way Major League Baseball is giving that up. They will find a way to show their own product, their own games, via streaming, even if that means sending other people into the stadium to produce the broadcast. I believe that. And the punchline is this. All 30 teams share exactly, evenly, all revenues that Major League Baseball Advanced Media creates. There's no difference between the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox and Pirates and the Marlins and the whoever's. Everyone gets the same check. There's nothing that contributes to the current inequity more than the differences between local TV contracts. In fact, there's nothing even close. It's all about local TV deals. Well, what happens when the local TV deals dissipate or even dwindle away? everyone's reaching for the same pie you know what they call that yeah the nfl when we come back just one question i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Time for just one question, and today's comes from Keith Carlson, who asks, do we really need to wait to see how things play out with these Pirates? Have we seen any indication that this time will be different? I haven't. What I've seen and read are the same things we saw and read before. Those kids in the lower minors, wait till they get here, they won this trade, that trade, had to trade this guy because whatever, same crap, different toilet. I get a lot of these. Keith, just so you know, more entries that come this way for Daily Shot of Pirates are like this than anything that's, pardon me here, rational or reasonable, or at least what most people listening to this program likely would see as being rational or reasonable. At the same time, I get the skepticism. I really, really do. I'm not new to this process either. I covered the team through the better part of the 20-year losing streak. And yeah, a lot of what gets spoken sounds the same. It definitely does, even when it comes from completely different people, completely different personalities. The other night, Keith, my daughter was 
spinning through her, uh, well, as long as we're talking about streaming services today, she was going through Netflix and Apple TV and Amazon and all the other services that we have hooked up to our smart TV to see what kind of movies she might watch. And she and my wife made the decision to stop on Moneyball. Now, I read the book by Michael Lewis before the movie came out, so I know what Moneyball is really all about. The book is a thousand times better than the film, and I like the film. And I liked watching it again. I hadn't seen it in a while. But I did laugh, I'll acknowledge, more than once through some of these scenes at how they ended up getting parroting, wittingly or otherwise, years later by different people that I'd covered with the pirates. And some of the things that sound like brilliance in the movie turned out to be, you know, duds, where some of the the old fogies ended up being right instead of being just sitting ducks there to be mocked. There's a lot more gray that's emerged in the whole analytics versus scouting debate and discussion and so forth. But yeah, we've heard all of this. The one area, Keith, that I keep delineating as a difference between Ben Charrington's approach and that of his predecessor, Neil Huntington, is that Charrington's trades have primarily, not exclusively, but mostly, been aimed at high-ceiling type prospects. I'm here to tell you all day long that wasn't the case with Huntington and Kyle Stark. It just wasn't. When you send Garrett Cole out the door, you've got to get back two, three guys for whom the sky is the ceiling. If they fall flat on their face, you live with it. You accept it. You look in the mirror and wonder what might have gone wrong. You question your development. But from a talent procurement standpoint, you have to get potential stars. You don't go and get safe guys. You don't go and get Colin Moran because you know Colin Moran, good soldier, good worker, reliable this and that and whatever else. And then, you know, throw in a bullpen arm. Give us Michael Feliz so that the fans see somebody from the trade right away so they don't complain. That's that's living fearfully. That's all that is. And, and the irony is, at times, Huntington and Stark did hit on trades and might not even have known it at the time. And I'm thinking in particular of O'Neill Cruz. I'm thinking of, heck, Brian Reynolds while we're at it. When the Andrew McCutcheon trade was made, being honest here, more people talked about, including with the Pirates, Kyle Crick than they did Reynolds. But this approach is definitely different, Keith. Assuming you're being something other than just cynical for the sake of being cynical, that's the one aspect that I think it's fair 
to consider. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do another one tomorrow.